on today's episode of the Tax Playbook, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. We're talking about the four-step process to get to a tax-free retirement. This is Marcus Warren, financial advisor, tax-enrolled agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks. Let's get on to the show. All right, so welcome to the Tax Playbook Podcast. Glad to have you with us today. And so today, um, I want to talk about the four-step process of getting to a tax-free retirement. So starting off, the whole idea of a tax-free retirement is predicated on this idea, and that's that tax rates in the future are going to be dramatically higher than they are today. Now, if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that, and even from five to 10 years from now, that tax rates will be higher than they are today, then the tax-free retirement paradigm is probably not one that you're going to easily embrace. The type of planning strategies that we support are not planning strategies that you're likely to warm up to if you don't believe that tax rates are going to be higher. So the first step in this whole process is taking account of the fiscal landscape of our country. Where are things headed? What is the fiscal gap? And basically what a a fiscal gap is, is the difference between what the U.S. has and the government has promised and what they can actually deliver. Um, and that's basically the present value of, of a future obligation. And uh, what do I mean by that? So um, Larry Kotlikoff, who is a Social Security guru, uh, he, re- he recently said that the fiscal gap between what has been promised to the American people and what the government can, uh, uh, um, will be able to pay out uh, or that, that debt load for the most part is 220, sorry, $239 trillion. In other words, U.S. government, we would have to have $239 trillion sitting in a bank account today earning treasury rates to be able to afford everything that they promised to the American people. We're talking about unfunded liabilities, things like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, things of that nature. Oh, by by the way, that's not even taken into account the national debt of $25 trillion. So all of this sort of dovetails into the notion that tax rates are going to be higher in the future than they are today. And so if you believe in your heart of hearts that that's the case, then what I'm talking about is for you. You are a perfect candidate for a tax-free, for tax-free retirement type of planning. So once you recognize that tax rates are going to be higher in the future than they are today, then what's step number two? All right, so step number one, I just went over. Step number two is to recognize that in a rising tax rate environment, there's a perfect amount of money to have in your taxable bucket. And there's also a perfect amount of money to have in your tax-deferred bucket. We all know that the perfect amount of money to have in the taxable bucket is six months' worth of daily living expenses. I talk about this all the time, about the, the couple who I met with who lived through uh, the, the uh, Depression, and they came into my office and they said, hey, <laughs> they said that uh, we. They, they said that they had nine CDs, about a hundred thousand dollars each, in nine different banks. And then the next thing they said to me is, "And we think we're paying a little too much in tax." And I was like, "Of course you're paying too much in tax. You've got way too much money in your taxable bucket." And so I, I, I talk about this all the time in my workshops. Um, is that number one? 
you can have more than six months worth of basic living expenses in your taxable bucket. As long as you recognize that that comes at a price, you are basically choosing to pay taxes on that account that you wouldn't otherwise have to pay. It's an optional tax. Six months worth of basic living expenses is what should be in that account. And we like it because we like the liquidity of it. We like being able to take money out of there without penalties or taxes, or at least dramatic taxes. So it's a great place to have your short-term savings for basic emergencies of life. Anything above and beyond that amount, it's costing you money. There is an economical price tag attached to having too much money in that bucket. All right? That's the taxable bucket. Now, with a tax-deferred bucket, there is a maximum amount of money that you want to have in there too. Now, if you don't have any pensions or other types of residual income like farm income or rental income or things like that, then you want that balance in that bucket to be low enough that your RMD, your required minimum distribution at 72, that it's equal to or less than your standard deduction, which in um, I guess today's dollars right now, it's right around $26,000 or, or give or take $26,000 if you're over 65 and, and married. But you also want to keep it low enough that it doesn't cause that RMD low enough that it doesn't, that it doesn't cause your Social Security to be taxed. So if you have a pension, a substantial pension that exceeds your standard deduction and it's causing your Social Security to be taxed, then you're going to want to have really n- not really any money in your tax deferred bucket. So step two in this process, after have, number one, after having recognized that tax rates in the future are going to be higher than they are today, step two is to recognize that there is a perfect amount of money to have in those first two buckets. Perfect amount of money to have in your taxable bucket from a tax efficiency perspective and a perfect amount of money to have in your tax deferred bucket. So once you recognize that, now we can get to the third step, which is to recognize that anything that is above and beyond those ideal balances in the taxable and tax-deferred bucket, and anything above and beyond should be systematically repositioned to tax-free, to that tax-free bucket. And in order to do that, we have to engage in what we call asset shifting. And if you have too much money from a tax efficiency perspective in those first two buckets, you need to reposition that money into tax-free. Now, how quickly should you do it? Well, You should do it quickly enough that you get all the heavy lifting done before tax rates go up for good, which is in 2026. But you also want to do it slowly enough that you don't rise too rapidly in your tax bracket, causing you to pay too much in tax. So there is a perfect amount of money to be shifting each and every year. Uh, And basically, we work out with our we we work with our clients to figure out what that is. uh, And then we make adjustments and reposition assets as necessary. So Um, It's not a one-size-fits-all about how much you should be shifting each and every year, but you have to do it um, in carefully prescribed ways so that you don't mess anything up. So step two, like we said, is identifying that there's an ideal amount of money in in those buckets. And I'm talking about step three now, which is to identify that if there is too much in those first two buckets, that you have to systematically shift those dollars uh, over to that tax-free bucket. And remember, you want to stretch that tax liability out uh, over as, as long as you possibly can, and then preferably getting all the heavy lifting done before those tax rates go up for good. So I'll give you a quick example. So 
Um, let's say that uh, having done steps one, two, and three, that you recognize that your magic number um, is $100,000. That, that's what needs to be shifted. So, so if your magic number is $100,000, then you need to recognize that uh, that $100,000 is probably going to go to three different places once you move that money over. Um, number one, you know that you have to pay the piper, right? You have to pay Uncle Sam. Got to pay him before you do anything else. So of that $100,000, you may be giving up, um, we'll call it 25%, right? You're in the 25% tax bracket just to make it easy, state to state and, and, and federal, whatever. So you're giving 25% or 25000 of that $100,000 to the IRS. Um, of course, you're not going to enjoy it, but what you have to recognize is that the pain of today versus the pain of 10 years from now is going to be a lot less. So think about that. So, because you'll look back on, on 2020 and you'll say that, that 25% tax rate that I had to pay back then, eh, that wasn't such a bad deal. Because remember, all tax rates have to do in the future is go up by 1% for the math here to make sense. So really it comes down, uh, you just need to ask yourself, do you think that tax rates down the road are going to be higher than they are today? And if you think that they are, then the rest of it becomes pretty, pretty easy. So, all right, $25,000 uh, of that $100,000 is going to go to the tax which leaves us with $75,000 to be able to reposition it to tax-free. Now, where should that $75,000 go? Well, certainly some of it should go towards uh, Roth conversions things. Remember, the Roth conversions allows you to lock in today's tax rates, right? You're basically prepaying your tax. You're paying your tax preemptively uh, on your terms so that you're not required or forced to pay taxes on the IRS terms, whatever those terms happen to be somewhere down the road, all right? So the Roth conversion is great, and you want to make sure that whenever possible that we're staying within those 22 or 24% tax bracket. Now, because there's a lot of space in that 22% and 24% tax bracket, so make sure that you're maxing out at the very least that 22% bracket. And you know the 24% is only 2% worse, so you might as well take advantage of that uh, dependently. You know, we, we, we kind of look at that year to, year to year with our clients. So you're going to take a portion of that 75000 and you're going to convert it. Uh, and in some instances, um, you may want also to, to think about or consider taking a portion of that money and putting it into uh, what's called the Life Insurance Retirement Plan, or a LERP. Um, and basically, if you're between 50 and 65, there's a good chance that you've been uh, thinking about long-term care recently. And you're probably thinking about it because uh, your mom or your dad on either side is maybe dealing with long-term care issues. We have a lot of people come in and they talk about those things. So you're asking yourself, um, or when, when people walk in, they're asking me, how are they going to deal with long-term care issues? Because most people don't want to burn through all of their assets, and they dang sure don't want to end up in a Medicaid-funded nursing facility, right? And so how can you protect yourself against those things? And like I've said all too many times, people aren't opposed to having long-term care insurance. They're just opposed to paying for it. So what the LERP does is it gives you the ability, number one, to grow your money safely and productively in a tax-free environment, just like you might do in a Roth IRA or, or, or with a Roth conversion. It allows you to grow your money safely and productively. It also guarantees that you'll never lose money. Hey, if you can get six or six and a half percent net of fees without taking any more risk than what you're accustomed to uh, in your own savings account, then that's a pretty safe and productive way to grow at least a portion of your money. Now, 
you will be paying expenses with these life insurance retirement plans. I've, I, I tell people over and over, with the LERP, the average expense per year over the life of the program is about 1.5%. You're going to be paying them. Uh, but it's similar to what you might pay over time in a 401k or an, or, or an IRA. But the difference here is you're getting something very useful in exchange for that 1.5% on average per year. You're getting a death benefit. A death benefit, by the way, that can also double as long-term care insurance. Like I said, people aren't opposed to having long-term care insurance. They're, they're, they're just uh, opposed to, to paying for it. So if you can get it with, and think about this, if you can get it with dollars that would have uh, maybe otherwise been earmarked for an IRA or a 401k where you were going to be paying 1.5% anyway, now all of a sudden you're going to get something for it, right? Something, uh, you're getting something eminently useful in exchange for that 1.5%, which, by the way, is a death benefit. And like I said earlier, which also could double as long-term care. Now keep in mind, with this, with what I'm talking about is that if you, the good thing about it is if you die peacefully in your sleep, right, 30 years from now, never having used long-term care, then your kids or your charity will still get that death benefit to that life insurance retirement plan. So there isn't this sensation of having paid for something that you hope you never have to use. So it is a potentially good idea, depending on your situation, to earmark a portion of that remaining $75,000 towards your uh, LERP or life insurance retirement plan. So you can get that safe, safe and productive growth, you get the death benefit, and you get the uh, availability to take your money out tax-free if you need it, just like you would a Roth IRA. And then you also get a death benefit that can double as long-term care. Um, all right, and so I'm going to wrap this up real quick. So in summary, so in summary we, we, we've got three steps, right? Number one, uh, recognize that tax rates are going to go up. Number two, recognize that in a rising tax rate environment, there is a mathematically perfect amount of money to have in a taxable bucket and your tax-deferred bucket. Uh, step three is anything above and beyond those ideal balances should be systematically, year by year, over a period of time, repositioned to tax-free. And then number four is really is uh, to make sure that you're getting some diversity within your tax-free streams of income. Make sure that once you decide what that ideal amount of money is going to be shifted to tax-free, that it gets funneled into a couple of different places. Uh, Roth conversions, Roth IRAs, certainly make sure you're funding your Roth 401ks if those are available. Uh, but also take a look at whether a life insurance retirement plan or a LERP is realistic and appropriate for your situation. It's going to grow safe and productively and then give you that long-term care benefit. And if you die peacefully in your sleep, like I said earlier, someone is still going to get a death benefit so it doesn't feel like a waste of those dollars along the way. All right, there you go. All right, folks, I appreciate you being on the show today and listening to the show today. Look forward to talking to you all uh, next time. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thank you, and until next time. Because I'm the tax man. Yeah.